This week we'll be talking about more layoffs hit the gaming industry, Crystal Dynamics ends Marvel's Avengers, MBJ plus Rainbow Six equals DJ's fanfic, The Last of Us TV view numbers are crazy. All this and more on Season 7, Episode 3 of Press X Gamers Digest. What's up, everyone? I am your host, DJ, a.k.a. Sexy Bad Choices, a.k.a. From now on, when I pee, I hold my breath and I say, it's the way of the water. I am joined by... <laughs> Don M.F. Ross. What the M.F. stand for? Oh, my God. I don't remember <laughs> that in the movie. You ain't see the deleted scenes? Yeah, maybe you saw a director's cuts. Is it still considered water? When you, uh, you know, it's liquid. No, yeah, not. right. No, no, water is very specific. Once you make something, once you've made something with H2O, it ceases to be the state of water. I mean, but it's 2023. If P wants to identify as water, then you know, oh, no. oh my good <laughs> god, hey, Kool Aid is like 90% water, right? It's just the additives that are the uh, the problem. Yeah. So, hey, also weigh the water, you know, well, um. <laughs> I'm your heavyweight champion from Witch Nigga World, California, aka the gender because we watch niggas, aka speaking of identification, I identify as a threat. So my pronouns are try me. <laughs> Marcus, well, we're gonna I, need to wait. have you lift your sack and cough. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> I don't unfortunately I don't want to be the one to break it to you, but you didn't have to identify as a threat. It's already a thing, unfortunately. Oh, you're right. <laughs> we do live in America. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Last up, I'm Avery, and I'm sorry to be here. <laughs> he's Avery, and he's fed up with our bullshit. <laughs> I'm not sorry you're here, Avery. Consistency is key, and we love it. All right, now you know who we are. Press X to start Gamers Digest is a video podcast that condensed the most important gaming news from the past week into an hour-long meal just for you. You get it? Because the whole digest, so we can eat that meal to digest exactly. We are live on YouTube every Sunday. That is right now. It is 3 o'clock on the dot per my, my, my computer science. It's 12 over here. So, again, welcome for the people in the live chat. Hello, YouTube. With that being said, oh, actually, before we jump into the news, there is an announcement. We did our 2023, almost said Final Fantasy, our Fantasy League draft picks. So that will be going live tomorrow. I think I put it at 9 a.m. or something like that. Anyways, once you get up, you'll see it. It'll be there. Check the video. It's awesome. We have a good time. Jordan did an auto draft. He has completely merged with the Matrix, and it beat our ass. <laughs> like, that's the best. A whole lot of anger and spite in that fantasy draft. <laughs> from from moment one, it was just we're fighting this guy. I I don't understand. Even when you guys randomized it, there's no reason the guy who wasn't there should have gone first. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, that's why and he, and he, and he took us. game of the year he took certified game of the year first it's <laughs> crazy it's kind of it was a good time so yeah definitely check it out it's not gonna be game of the year. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's my hot take for 2023 it's gonna be a good good game great game it's not gonna be game of the year <laughs> all right so now that you know you know where to go um because you're already here so you already did it all right 
Avery, let us jump into the gaming news. Happening. Yeah. So cool beans. Yeah, a lot has happened over the last week, so it's going to be a pretty big multi-part story. I tried to pull from as many sources as I could in order to give the best, the best framing of this story. So let me jump to it. This is from Bloomberg.com. This is from uh, Dina Bass, Matt Day, and Spencer Soper. Microsoft, Amazon set to erase 28,000 jobs as tech slump deepens. Now, th- when this story broke, it wasn't very clear how this would affect gaming, and I ignored it because of it. Then I saw Jason Schreier from Bloomberg quote tweet this story and pointing out this uh, also affects Xbox as a brand as well. Uh, and I believe the exact numbers for Xbox are around 10,000. Well, no. Microsoft as a whole is losing about 10,000 people, and I, uh, I do not have the exact number offhand of how many people Xbox as an entertainment industry is losing. But I can move to our next story, which is from Andy Robinson from BGC. Microsoft layoffs confirmed to affect Bethesda and Xbox. So according to Bloomberg, Bethesda Games as well, 343 Industries, the companies behind Halo Infinite were affected. In addition, Microsoft HoloLens and some engineering divisions also reportedly were cuts. So, uh, oh, real quick, I found the number. It's going to be 878 positions. Okay, so 878 positions, and ma- mainly from uh, Bethesda and 343. That's the first part of the uh, thing that we can talk about. Uh, and then it is a company with another story from Andy Robinson. Phil Spencer tells Xbox employee layoffs were painful. Uh, apparently, there was an open letter from Phil Spencer to uh, the entire Xbox ecosystem about how uh, the cuts. Actually, here's the exact quote. This has been a difficult week across Microsoft and here inside our teams. Now that many of the one-to-one team conversations have happened, I want to take the moment to reiterate the message you heard from your leaders. It is a challenging moment in our business, and this week's actions were painful choices. The gaming leadership team had to make decisions and we felt set us up for the long-term success of our products and business. But the individual results of the decisions are real. I know that hurts. Thank you for your supporting our colleagues as they process these changes. Okay. We can put a pin on this right now so we can all discuss all this information as it is. Yeah, this is this is insane. Like, I think once the news broke, you know, we got a bunch of different opinions that hit the internet. And I think the one that really made me think was because originally I was just like, oh, man, that's terrible. Like, unfortunately, you you have things like this that happen. Like last year, like IGN, they went through a layoff period right before the Game Awards or something like that. And, you know, it's it's always a bad thing when people lose their job because mass layoffs, mass layoffs are always a mass layoffs. Yeah. Yeah. So I I think the the one thing that I heard on, on the Internet, I was like, oh, you know what? That's actually kind of an interesting and thing anyways the thing that i heard was they were like oh well why don't the ceos just take a pay cut to keep the uh, people okay. around because... I, oh, yeah that's a pin in our that's okay. uh, you, you you brought this up okay so yeah. uh there's a lot of question marks because uh microsoft has earmarked this as a hey this is a business reality of what we are the current tech industry and how we're going to handle it is cutting out 10,000 jobs. The CEO pretty much gave us the business PR speech of what is necessary for this to happen. Uh, and I looked up how other companies have sort of handled these uh, situations. And here's an article from the BBC News from 2014. Nintendo executives take pay cuts after profits tumble. So yep. instead of like Nintendo, instead of going through mass layoffs, even though they had the war chest at the time, yep. the layoffs are, are not, how I say this, 
Microsoft is recording record profits. The layoffs are not based upon trying to cut fat, as far as I can tell from what I've been researching. The layoffs are based on trying to maintain growth and appease their shareholders. Now that, now that another part, another part about that, uh, real quick, because so like last year, like late last year, there was talks about a recession might happen. We might be easing into a recession, and mm. the, the tech industry specifically are starting to get wise to the idea that that actually might be happening. So mm -hmm. one of the theories is that they're doing this to prepare for a future where they have to deal with a recession. So if they cut the people now, they'll be able to save their money and save their profits. So they are essentially future-proofing, but we don't know. Yeah. Um, I remember that bar graph we saw at Microsoft, though, where this was inevitable because uh, I don't know if you guys remember that sharp spike in uh hiring around the pandemic time that mm -hmm. was not consistent with their normal you know hiring trend this is going to come at a point anyway and this isn't the first time that nintendo has done this as well when uh the wii u sold poorly john, I want this, to... I, john the article i was talking about is what you just mentioned i didn't get oh. to finish it because you jumped in yeah uh -huh. oh specifically they had the war chest so they weren't hurt for profits but the wii u was underperforming so the Executives, including Sawada, took pay cuts in order. To, uh, I'm assuming to preserve jobs. So, like, right. there's no uh, Phil's words, and I've looked up many post Xbox people about this situation. I have some, a couple articles about that. They kind of feel it hollow because it, it ignores oh, the yeah. business reality of we're making record profits. You could have easily preserved our jobs by. Uh, taking a pay cut and hear the quote from Awada and the reason why they took the pay cuts. Fuck, the quote disappeared. I, I, I need to find the quote because it's a really good quote and I want to... So, actually, while you're talking about that, um, after I heard that, like, the whole thing of, like, oh, yeah, like, you know, CEOs, they take a pay cut. In my mind, I was like, yeah, that's actually a really good idea, but then I thought, Microsoft is an American business. And right. in America, this is what you do when you're faced against a quote-unquote harsh reality of like, oh, we're not going to make money. What was that quote from Tyrese's character in uh, Fast and Furious 5 where he was like, this is how you stay rich or this is how you stay wealthy, where he like, he could have went and paid at the vending machine, but mm -hmm. instead he decided to break into it and just take it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the way that Americans operate. You know, like, the why pie. would I sacrifice yeah. my piece of the pie for someone else when I could have more of the pie? So, right. unfortunately, anytime I hear like a big exec give out that public ass boring statement about, oh, it's a tough time and we don't like to see people lose their jobs. It's, it, it never doesn't feel hollow, frankly. Right. Well, especially when, like it, it only feels hollow when your company itself is making a profit and making yeah. record profits. So it's clear that you... From a business standpoint, the bottom line matters more to the actual company. I, I can't find the Iwata quote, uh, so I'm just going to go verbatim from what I remember of the quote. I believe the exact quote was, if your employees are worried about their job security, they're not going to work their best. So I would rather take a pay cut so they would feel secure than yep. do that. So yeah. What a novel concept. In America, employees are fodder, though. Yeah. We're red shirts. Yeah. The question, another question was posed about, okay, what about Sony? How does Sony feel in all of this? If Microsoft is a tech company, it's making this big layoffs. How does it affect other branches? As far as I can tell, it's mom on Nintendo, whether they're going to do that. Uh, the power track record indicates that 
if they do mass layoffs, it's not going to be doing to any financial stuff. More like, oh, this business is now redundant, so we're moving to the round or whatever. And in regards to Sony, I've looked up a lot, and a lot of their major studios are hiring and now are actively looking out to hire people who've been lost to this Microsoft uh, stuff. Yep. Hell, Bungie opened up a brand new uh, studio somewhere and make a point that this is from TechSpot, from Cal Jeffrey. Sony reveals one third of the $3.6 billion Bungie deal is for talent retention. So, like, if Sony has to go through layoffs, there's also the reality that they also increase the price of the PS5. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which may or may not be a, a roundabout way so they can avoid going through what Microsoft did. Uh, and plus, with this, I don't think there's any real reason for Sony to have to go through mass layoffs, especially with they didn't grow as inhumanly fast for no reason as uh, Microsoft. Microsoft, yeah. Right. Yeah. There was no need for them to stretch their, you know, their pockets or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm going to do a couple more stories before we wrap this up because uh, I, I have an, a topic to discuss. Uh, this is from Tom Ivan. Halo Infinite's head of creative Joseph Staten is reportedly leaving the studio. This is reported literally, I think, uh, around the time of the layoffs. It's very clear that 343 was hit tremendously uh, by these layoffs with one of its developers. Here's the story by Ethan Gotch from... Uh, Kotaka.com, here's his quote on Twitter. The layoffs at 343 shouldn't have happened and Halo Infinite should be in a better state. The reason for both of these things is incompetent leadership on top during Halo Infinite development, causing massive stress on those working hard to make Halo the best it can be. The people I worked with every day were passionate about Halo and wanted to make something great for their fans. They helped push for a better Halo and got laid off for it. Devs who still there are working hard on that dream. Look at Forge, be kind to them during this awful time. So it's very clear that when Microsoft was making these layoffs, they made it in strategic ways. And considering the entire relationship with 343 and the state Halo Infinite is in, uh, by the way, nothing gives me more anger than thinking back and being glad we didn't do actual game of the year, the year Halo Infinite came out, where DJ and Cameron both said, it's going to be Halo Infinite, a game we didn't play. It's our game of the year. <laughs> That's not a hero there. That's just a weird hey, sign. Look, we, all make, we all make mistakes, okay? But yeah. you don't learn from yours. <laughs> yeah, the, the, this this paints a picture of the environment at 343 not being great, especially in regards to Halo Infinite's development. Uh, and I think, I don't want to say the layoffs there are punishment, but I think Microsoft as an organization felt that the layoffs there wouldn't really affect any other part of their business. And then my last point I want to broach is that... Uh, they're currently in the midst of a 69-point-something billion-dollar deal to buy Activision Blizzard. Uh, yeah. They've now just gone through a massive layoff of 10,000 of their workforce, a percentage of which are from the Bethesda studios that they acquired a year prior. I really wonder how... I actually, I actually know one of the um, people in Bethesda got laid off. So. Oh, damn. Yeah. Sucks. I really want to wonder how regulatory boards are going to, because this is, as far as I can tell, a normal business thing. But like, in my head, if mass layoffs don't promote uh, a sense of security for the workforce of yeah. this new organization that you're going to be buying, right, right, especially right. when you, the layoffs you can't work- this, basically. Yeah, yeah. Like you're you're willing to put up this money just to buy all the IPs, but then when it comes to the actual workers and protecting the workers, like you're obviously not putting up the money to do that. So. Yeah. What does this mean? Like, you're going to be they just wanted to, thousands of more people. Right. It just seems like they wanted to flex to like get one over on Sony 
and make it seem like, oh, yeah, they're they've battened down the hatches. But now that it's come time to implement everything and actually show proof in the pudding, now they're looking foolish. Yeah. There's a strong reality that if the deal had gone through as smooth as they wanted to go, that part of this uh, firing group would have been some activist and blizzard workers as well. Mm. Oh, definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. Because Activision is huge. And I'm pretty sure Microsoft is like, not everyone's essential there. So they can definitely cut and save that money. I'm wondering how long before they run Call of Duty and whatever into the ground if they do acquire uh, AB. Yeah, like I don't know if that will be a thing that they I don't think that they would run into the ground. I think we might get it's a weird thing because right now Cody releases every year, but it's three different studios plus whatever auxiliary studios. I feel so you. It's, I mean the quality and all that. I mean Unreal Tournament was king at one point, Quake was king at one point, Counter Strike was king at one point. It has dwindled down True. to a core, you know, set yeah. base. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I just, I feel like they, because that's going to definitely be their prize pony. So I definitely would assume that they'd be like, okay, well. Halo was their prize pony. <laughs> well, that's also true. Here's a war. He's not wrong. Well, pony, like, ha- He's not Halo wrong. was their prize pony, but they also lost the <laughs> the whole team that made that prize pony. So no, I think I that's, that's another why. I wonder why. <laughs> That's also true. Yeah, to my take on that, it depends on what they want to do and how the COD audience responds. Because the easy answer is they just keep the same cadence. Activision Blizzard stays as a Call of Duty developer as a whole, and all the studios that they acquire from there just work as support studios to keep the Activision Blizzard Call of Duty train trucking forward, a new game every year. And it all depends on whether the COD audience is willing to play game after game and game after year, which after the last 10 years, I'm pretty sure they're willing to play anything. They put a Call of Duty in front of it as long as it comes out on a yearly basis. Then there is a reality of, okay, we acquire these studios. Let's slow down the cadence. Will COD as a game franchise survive intermediate breaks? Mm-hmm. I don't think there's going to be any issue of quality wise in regards to Microsoft in Call of Duty. I just yeah. think what is going to happen is more of an engagement thing. Whether Call of Duty will remain the cash cow number one under their watch, especially with the reality that at a certain point they want to make this a exclusive game. Like, no amount yeah. of we want to play games everywhere that they parrot is an actual reality to their actual business practices. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I think in terms of if Call of Duty stops becoming a, a annual franchise, I I think that'd be interesting to see what exactly would happen because I don't necessarily think it would lose engagement, I, especially if they're if they're just adding content to the existing game, whatever that's happening that year. So there is like the same studio is still working on Call of Duty, but it's just their dev time is a year longer. I don't know. I, I think that would be interesting. I don't know. Okay, so uh, let, wrapping up this Microsoft thing, layoffs are bad. Uh, math layoffs are bad. Microsoft is a corporation. They're not your friends. Phil, Phil is not your uncle. He is a man trying to do a job. Microsoft PR will get them through this. If this is going to be a situation we're all going to ignore and forget about until Starfield comes out and there's anything bad with that game. And this will probably be brought up as a console war talking point from there. But other than that, yeah, this sucks. Uh, my hearts go out to all the developers and uh, engineers and personnel at Microsoft who lost their jobs. And yeah. I really hope going forward 
capitalism gets to a point where growth isn't the answer to business and there people are fine with like losing one percent <laughs> just losing one percent always got to yeah. make more yeah. than the last yeah uh yeah the the infinite growth of capitalism i would love that but the only way to Capitalism is going to budge on that is for it to crumble entirely. Right. Or someone to get right. so big and run capitalism in a different way that forces everyone else to react. Right. Like if, yeah. if Microsoft owned everything and they operated as a people first business and not a uh, money first business, there's literally nothing else anyone could do to stop them. Like <laughs> all talent would want to go work in the one place because it, they would treat you so well. That's true. That's true. Okay. So our next story. Uh, is a two-part story. It's super sad, but our first part is from Ethan Goss. This is from Kotaku. Suicide Squad League has fans worried about its online features. So, uh, Suicide Squad Killed the Justice League had a minor leak where someone revealed its, like, menu page, and its menu page looked a lot like Marvel's Avengers. Uh, it had a battle pass, a, uh, series of multiplayer suites. It's a whole thing, and the potential player base for this game is worried about what all this means. I'm already not someone who gives a shit about this game because I, while I like the Suicide Squad, I don't like the idea of killing the Justice League as like, as a super edgy uh, like, title to stick onto your game. I'm like, if you just made a Suicide Squad yeah. game, I'd be like, yeah. I bet, but you're calling the game Suicide Squad, kill the Justice League. So I'm expecting it to yeah. be a dark piece of shit, a dark game I'm not into. And if it's not a dark game I'm not into, why did you market it as kill the Justice League? Well, yeah. admittedly, I will say to push back on that, wasn't Suicide Squad initially like implemented to be like a regulatory force under Amanda Waller? Like, let's see if these, no, it, uh, it, it's, if these it's, heroes get out of line. No, it's the Suicide Squad has always been Amanda Waller's Black Ops team. The idea that they okay. are, they're an opposition of the Justice League is a modern thing to make the matter more in a and world in which the Justice League is a big thing. Gotcha. Okay. Like, it, like it's enough. a thing. To, it, it's easier to sell the Suicide Squad, whose original team was like Bronze Tiger, Deadshot, and like Plastique, when they're operating within the Justice League framework. But yeah, so I wasn't interested in this game. Uh, the Battle Pass is one of those things where like, does a single player game need a Battle Pass? What does that Battle Pass mean? How does that function into its uh, features? Is this game a game of service and they're just not talking about it? Yeah, um, I I also was on the same line of questioning as you, Avery, because when it leaked, I was like, oh, OK, it's a battle pass. That's actually better than loot boxes. But then I had the same thought. Yeah. I was like, wait, this is a single player game. Like, what? What is happening? Like, why is this even a thing that is even mentioned for this game? Like, what are you guys doing? So it is a very weird thing of because we don't really know officially what this game really is no we don't they've been yeah we've seen a lot of tone piece trailers uh for it and i think there is some gameplay footage out there but no one knows what's here in there like uh yeah. a, a moment to moment of this game yeah yeah so i mean it's very possible that this has like online co-op and this battle pass is for all the different cool skins you can get when you're doing online co-op but we just don't know, so it's very weird. It's yeah. just in a very weird position right now. Yeah, like, it could be the first, but Battle Pass to me implies Games of Service, and a Games of Service exactly. Suicide Squad implies Marvel's Avengers to me. With snowballs into our next story, uh, pour one out there for your old friend Avery. This is a story from VGC from Andy Robinson. Crystal Dynamic confirms end of Marvel's Avengers later this year. So I'm sorry, Avery. 
Oh, dude. I, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, let me just get to the story, and you guys can rag on me for liking this game. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. The game will be remaining operational until March 31st, 2023. So I have about a nearly a year to finally get this platinum trophy. Uh, and I'll play with you. <laughs> do you have max level characters? Leave me alone. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and then the game is going to end all support uh, September 30th, 2023. Well, the, yeah, the, the game's final update will be March 31st. But the game will remain running until September 30th of 2023. But okay. when, when it stopped running, they're delisting it and it's being removed from all stores. I'm assuming its servers are going to uh, cease function. Whether you can play the game at all is a question mark I'm wondering about because straight up, the game's single-player component is built within the framework of its multiplayer. So I'm like, can someone pick up this oh, You won't be able to buy it, but can someone who owns this game play through its main campaign from beginning to end without yeah. any bullshit? Uh, I wonder if uh, well, after it loses support and you try and turn it on, then the moment it gets to the load screen, it just fades away like the snap. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta love always online bullshit. Uh, um, but wait, wait, wait. Just just to back up, though, I think if there's a single player component, like like for example, if this game can be played offline, mm-hmm. then I think for sure... I do not think the game can be played offline. Oh. I think the game's single player is rooted in its online component. Yeah. Which is extremely unfortunate. Yeah. yeah. Missions like, are I'm still like uh, okay. So I was gonna say that like I'm still following the Anthem Reddit and there are still people that are like, Oh, I just picked this game up. I was just have, about like, to bring that up. Whatever. Well the, the, yeah, I think the, so, the, like, difference, the difference between Anthem and this game, because yeah, you brought this up, is that EA is maintaining those servers. That's a good point. So the uh, game is still functional. Point. They're telling you, hey, we're shutting off our servers this day and i think that's going to be the end of this game and it's entirely which sucks i i'm a i'm pouring one out for this game i know other people didn't like it and i was the only person who was really championing this game because ultimately i think it's single player is actually outside of missing a lot of uh, opportunities for marvel villains it's an amazing miss marvel story and a really solid avengers story Uh, it's solid in a way i think it's just as solid as the marvel spider-man story and people can fight me on that but i i'm not someone who's super high on the marvel spider-man story uh, I think the way it mechanically feels is hit or miss. I think ultimately it suffers from the fact that they can't just make a bespoke Spider-Man character. They have to make a Spider-Man character who fits within the framework of this world because the amount of resources, like, for example, Marvel Spider-Man took five years to get that Spider-Man to fit that world. They don't have that type of uh, bandwidth to do that. And it also would complicate the way the game is designed because if all these characters that are able to operate in this one world... You can't have a Marvel Spider-Man character being able to just web his way across the world with no yeah. buildings or anything like that. There are concessions that had to be made. But that being said, Captain America, Miss Marvel play fantastic. And like I those are the only two characters I fucking played. I think that I know people got annoyed by it being a, a game of service. Well, I also played Hawkeye. But I know people got annoyed that it was a game of service, but games of service was the only way I was going to get a more robust Avengers lineup without paid DLC uh expansions. It's like the game started with six characters, three of which I didn't really play. Shout out to Thor, Hulk, and Iron Man. And then by the end of the game's lifespan, we got... Two Hawkeyes. We got two Hawkeyes, Black Panther, a second Thor, uh, the Winter Soldier, and She-Hulk and Scarlet Witch were in development, but I don't think they're happening anymore. Mm. And Spider-Man as well. Mm. And like, if the game hasn't been successful and COVID didn't fuck up its ramp up, 
may have gotten more characters. Like the the, it's, the DLC for that game le- leaked a long time ago. So yeah, Corey went out there. I had so much fun playing this game by myself. So it's crazy. Apparently, Anthem still has roughly about twenty thousand or thirty thousand people still playing it daily, whereas this has less than a thousand. Anthem's a good game. You know what I mean? Is debatable. Shafted. That's all I'm saying. But yeah, in terms of um. Uh, Marvel Avengers like I enjoyed my time playing with it I had my issues with the uh, you know gameplay and controls but overall like I did have a good time playing with it I just fell off because it was games of service and you get to that point was like all right you either grind for stuff now or you just jump to something else and I just jumped to something else yeah which is the thing that kills me on every games of service the only reason that kept me playing was that this was a world I loved, and it was a storyline that I was genuinely caring about, and I genuinely found playing as Captain America one of the funnest experiences in this game. And so, like, I had no problem playing the same mission over and over and over and over again exactly, to grind yeah. for the fucking yeah. Hive trophy. I will say that if it was my type of game, I probably would have played it more, but out of everyone on this cast right now, that is definitely not my type of game. Like the only reason yeah. I even played it was to play it with y'all and I barely played it with y'all. And so Same. I was like, yeah, this is this is collecting dust. Thank God we didn't buy Outriders. Oh, geez. I mean, it's the same way as like how I just got consumed by Destiny 1 and 2. Like I didn't mind playing the same strikes over and over again because I just loved doing the stuff that you did in that game. Like I, I totally get Avery stance on like you know loving Marvel's Avengers. I mean, it's the same thing as how I play Gundam. Like, yeah, I was trust me, I was annoyed as anyone by the content drop. That the fact that they were yeah. radio silent for fucking months and the cadence of characters where we thought we were getting, I don't know, a new character every couple of months. Couple of months became a new character maybe every six months, and then they won't even yeah. communicate that they're working on this new character, and it still has to be shadow dropped on us. Yeah. Also, the new character after Black Panther, the new character's campaign sort of got like shortchanged. Reduced. Whereas, yeah. Well, like yeah. the Hawk, both Hawkeye make characters have their own expansion missions with cutscenes and storylines and all that with new areas and things like that. After that, after the Black Panther expansion, everyone else just like I were in the game and here's some comic book scenes for you guys. We're not putting in the extra work. Let's yeah. Yeah. I'm sad, but we're moving on. And then our next story is from Zach Schweisen from Kotaku.com. Rainbow Six film and works from John Wick director and Michael B. Jordan. Uh, there's not much to say here. I'll, I'll take it away. Good old Michael B. Jordan. So, uh, apparently there's a game called Rainbow Six. It's pretty popular. It's, I, it's not Call of Duty, apparently. But I heard Michael B. Jordan, so I'm like, oh, shit, Rainbow Six is awesome. Because, you know, Michael B. Jordan, like, right? Right? Why did you take this away from? Yeah, from I, I, I have no idea. I, I, was, I was like in my head. I'm like, OK, how is DJ, who's not the movie guy on this podcast, going to frame this story? out of it? And he just <laughs> stumbled his <laughs> way. <laughs> yeah, uh, the, the director is Chad, Sol- <laughs> Chad Solhofsky, who is uh, one of the genre creators. Is he the one who's still mm-hmm. directing the movie because of the, the duo broke? Yes, I think I think he's still doing them, and David okay. Leach went to do other stuff. I think. Okay, cool, cool, cool. But yeah, uh, I like it. Okay, as someone who plays Rainbow Six, specifically Siege, I have no idea what the fuck this movie is supposed to be. Especially when you cast Michael B. Jordan as the focus. Because if I'm Ubisoft and I'm making a Rainbow Six movie, I'm making one based on Rainbow Six Siege, which is a ensemble piece 
But if you're casting Michael B. Jordan as your focal character, I'm assuming they're not doing Siege. They're doing some of the older Rainbow Six things. Or they're doing the more easier thing, which in the world of The Last of Us is a dumb idea. They're just taking the name and putting a generic uh, like Tom Clancy-esque story as the main focal point and just I'm pretty sure because people forget Michael B. Jordan had a a Tom Clancy movie come out for Amazon either last year or the year before called Without the (laughs) Morris. And at the end of that movie, they basically allude to the fact that Rainbow Six is starting. So this is a, I think, a sequel to that. Yeah, it says it's a sequel, direct sequel. Yeah. Uh, oh, interesting. This film is less interesting to me than I thought it was going into it. It's probably going to be really cool. Like, I'm no doubt about it. It's going to be really cool, but I'm not going to get fucking Sledge, think uh, uh, all the no, cool characters from Rainbow Six Siege that I actually like, and they're just like, you like Jack Ryan, don't you? It's definitely going to be less of because from what I've heard with Rainbow Six Siege, it's like a little bit more of a hero shooter. And this is definitely probably going to be more of just like the grounded tactical shooter. And with what I remember of Without Remorse, the story was whatever. Michael B. Jordan was good in it and the action was great. So that's probably what you're going to get here. Great action sequences. Michael B. Jordan doing the best he can with the material and everything else about it probably being relatively forgettable. Yeah. I mean, you know, that sounds like an interesting time. I mean, yeah. I just have to go watch Without Remorse. I'm just thinking, asking, where's the Jake Gyllenhaal Division movie that was promised to me like four years ago? With 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 uh, him and Jessica Chastain? Yeah, I don't know. That joke's been in and out of developmental hell for probably as long as Metal Gear Solid. Oh, Jesus Christ. Don't give me something. Uh, let's move on. Let's move on. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, uh, that is it for the news for today. Before we end the cast, no, it's not. Very no, it's not. Oh. There's one more. <laughs> There's no, it's two not. more. Stories. Oh, oh, shoot. You're right. You're right. I'm sorry. He's kicking us out. That that was a whole lie. That was a whole. That was a whole ass lie. All right. Um. So instead of you leaving us forever here, this is what you're gonna do, right? If you're watching us live, hit the like button. Here's the camera. Hit the like button. If you're not watching us live, but you're still watching us technology also hit the like button then hit the subscribe button and then hit the notification bell because we need you to do those three things to keep us going all right um and then high five yourself because you're a champ you're just cool right you're gonna watch the michael b jordan uh rainbow six sequel to without remorse of course you are of course you are all right avery what's happening since we're not done (laughs) okay uh so this is an esports story which I'm sorry, everyone, but I think it's an interesting esports story. This is from Kenneth Shepard. This is from Kotaku.com. Pro Overwatch teams reportedly want legal fight against Activision over money. Anyone who's been paying attention to the Overwatch League will tell you that it is not a failure, but it is definitely uh, its value has been overinflated. Teams had to spend $20 million as a buy-in to get into the league itself. So beyond paying salaries for players, it was, it's it's a whole thing. Wait, wait. They had to spend twenty million to get into the league itself. To yeah. get on the gambling table. That is put down fucking nuts. What the fuck? Yeah, esports. I, I've said this multiple times as, as someone who loves esports. Esports is a house of cards. Uh, it's fueled with venture capitalists and crypto and all this in. Only two organizations have figured out 
how to be sustainable esports orgs. For the most of it, and it's everyone right. is just operating off the idea that, hey, we can get big here. Would FaZe be one of them? Isn't it like, was it, it's like Riot League and, and Legends, right? Or League of well, Legends, like, right? League of Legends. In terms of actual esports, Riot has done a good job of making a sustainable business around their esports. Uh, I, I meant Rocket League, that's what I meant. Rock, Rocket League as well. For the most part, esports don't, also esports don't exist to make money because they can't. They're not, they're not the NFL. They're not the yeah. uh, NBA. They exist to be a marketing arm of the game and to show it off to people. That's what they exist for. So most people run it at a loss and eventually it peters out. The strength of an esport is based entirely on as much support as they get from the developers and as well as <laughs> as well as the support they get to a community. So for example, Overwatch and its transition to Overwatch 2 killed this game as an esport. Because it became yeah. suddenly a, a franchise where no new content was being added for over a year and a half, and its meta was super slow and non-changing. So you'd get a year playing remote, where like everyone's playing the same six characters because no other yep. characters have changed, and like and they then went it shifts drastically. Oh, yeah. uh, you no longer have a job, six person. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> but, yeah. Wait a minute. What? So the Overwatch League in itself has proven unsustainable. And the esports orgs are essentially taking Activision Blizzard to task about, hey, these are promises that were made to us. We're all in this hole for $20 million. And I believe one was quoted to say that, like, I think someone was like, oh, I've only made like a million back over the tenure of the Overwatch League in regards to how much I put in. Overwatch League also has absolutely no sponsors. And, like, it's being sustained by its broadcast right deal currently with YouTube. Uh, so, like, it's not in a great place so we'll see how that goes forward I, I mainly brought this story up initially because i'm very curious about okay when the activism blizzard deal if and when it goes through this becomes a microsoft issue how does microsoft handle now having to deal with the overwatch league which is an Layoffs. overinflated esports league as well as they have their own overinflated esports league <laughs> hlc the halo uh comp scene and like that's also not going good yeah they're gonna get overwatch league the fuck up out of here yeah, they they're gonna they're gonna just be like, hey, look, we're doing tournaments. <laughs> they're just gonna run tournaments like that. Yeah, this is yeah. that's that's insane when you look at the much as much money that goes into it versus what's coming out of it, and it's just unsustainable. Like StarCraft players still make money, right? That that whole league. What is well, that about? It does, but you also have to remember that StarCraft is, I believe, single player game. So it's like it's super easy I'm for at, an esports. I'm at StarCraft two or whatever. Don't they compete in that or some shit? Yeah, they compete, but like it's it's not like big teams. It's like yeah, small groups, one. like a single oh. player playing as another single player. So it's super easy for an esports org to pay one or two StarCraft uh, players yeah, to keep yeah, them into the scene. Right. Also, the StarCraft scene isn't that big. It's uh like actually, the Blizzard hasn't done a good job of supporting StarCraft. So it's like they're playing StarCraft two, a game that was least. I think over 10 years ago, and it hasn't really, really been updated since then. Still huge over in South Korea, though, ain't it? Yes. But other games have now eclipsed it in name popularity around the world. Yeah, gotcha. Plus, it's huge in South Korea, but South Korea isn't big. Sir. So, there's no Texas, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sandy Cheeks. <laughs> That's the dumbest thing I've ever. Heard. So yeah, we're gonna keep uh, we're gonna keep an eye on the Overwatch League going forward and other esports as they deal with the recession. 
uh, because straight up, esports orgs are hungry now for revenue. Only 100 Thieves and TSM are anywhere near profitable. Faith Clan said they had a, uh, an evaluation of $1 billion and went on the stock trade. And funny. then they dropped down to, I want to say, an evaluation of like $70 million real quick. So, like, it tells you how big the bubble is. TSM, as, as profitable as TSM is, they also were a big in big business with FTX, and that fell through. If you, anyone's been paying attention to what's yeah. going on with FTX, so yeah, yep. it's uh, esports is an interesting place right now. Now, here's our final story. This is from VDC. This is from Chris Gullion. The Last of Us TV series viewing figures are off to a great start. Uh, the debut episode gained an audience of 4.7 million viewers across pay TV channel HBO and its streaming service HBO Max combined. Para company Warner Brothers Discovery has announced. That's pretty awesome. fucking good. I think it's only second yeah. behind House of Dragons, and House of Dragons had years of hype. Yeah. So. Uh, that just. Oh, no, just, it's, uh, it's actually behind uh, Boardwalk Empire. House of Dragons what the, had the hell is 9.9 that? million. You don't know what Boardwalk Empire is? Do you know what Boardwalk Empire is? Yeah, yeah. I, I want to hear. I want to hear what DJ says about Boardwalk Empire. Yes, not, not I, I, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't care about it. It's like a period piece where the it's based. This is like in the twenties or something. Where like the I'm not sure. If it's, it's okay, DJ. I forget the Stop. kind of. I mean, he's not so far. Doing. He's not wrong. It's yeah, like he's yeah. really on track. What Boardwalk he's Empire? He's googling is. it right now. I bet. No, I'm my hand, my hands are right here. Look at that. I'm pulling and from the air. And then you find out DJ air. thinks that Boardwalk Empire is Peaky Blinders, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I also know what that show is too. <laughs> but um, no, this is wonderful news. Uh, because yeah. The Last of Us, um, at least from the the first episode, is phenomenal. Uh, it's a fantastic adaptation, and I'm glad that. I figured it was going to be received well in the general public anyway, just due to the fact that it's a easy to market story. It's a solid story. Um, and the original yeah, creator is involved. Exactly. Well, well, part <laughs> part of the original creator. <laughs> That's the whole thing. Well, the I'm going to say it. The 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 <laughs> part of the original creators that matters in terms of getting it to television. Story. Yeah, also, to be wrong. fair to to Bruce Straley, he would also be involved if he was still working at Naughty Dog, who's actually That's running true. this production. Right. Fact. Exactly. I was going to say this is a wonderful thing that it's doing so well, but it's also a double-edged sword because I'd hate for the rest of the industry to see that a video game you know, adaptation is going so well and they start rummaging oh, through the bucket. Oh, Sean, you, have you not been paying attention for the last two years? <laughs> Literally everything like, has been optioned. Every, everything has yeah. been optioned for a film or TV adaptation. This is the only one, however, that's These gotten... big name things. What I'm saying is, what about the second tier and third tier shit? What else can we... Uh... Gravity Rush was optioned as a film or TV series like, like three months ago. <laughs> Oh, just you wait for Blinks the cat to get <laughs> <laughs> now, now. Big. If they want to. Uh, now I'm Blinks the cat. <laughs> if they want to adapt uh, Parasite Eve, I'll take that. <laughs> they already did. It's a it's a nineteen shut up ninety two adaptation of the original Parasite Eve novel, <laughs> which the games are based off of. I need a big budget. <laughs> Don't worry, Sean. You'll get you'll get your Parasite Eve. <laughs> <laughs> it's still real to me, damn it. Ah, go go watch go watch the Parasite movie. It's actually pretty good. 
Or you can watch the uh, Resident Evil show on Netflix. Not good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, no, it's it's wonderful. This is great. I cannot wait for the show to get to Last of Us 2. And so I can watch the Red Wedding Fallout all over again. I want to see who's going to have these arms. Have you seen the actress that they've uh, may or may not have chosen for yeah. Abby? No. Okay, I'll send you a link and we can talk about this off air. Not- All right, Ooh. please do. Please do. Yeah. Hopefully she buffs up to some Hulk Hogan. Hopefully my uh, my post comes true. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go repost it maybe for all our listeners. Oh, that 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 picture cracks me up. So, um, I think we uh, we as in me and my wife are the only people in this uh, cast that hasn't seen the episode yet. But the plan is to gonna watch it. I know we just didn't get a chance because I, I, I have to wait for her. So, you know, she's not home because you're working. I, I can't watch it. I mean, I could watch it. Could watch it and then just act surprised. I mean, to be fair, you've already watched the show. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> but um, uh, last night we, we saw Avatar 2. And I am hoping that uh, episode one and two of Last of Us reclaims the three hours that I had. <laughs> no, nah, I'm joking. Avatar <laughs> 2, it was fine. It was a fine movie. I just, I just didn't like certain story aspects. But yeah, I am. It also shouldn't have been three hours. Let, let James wrong. Cameron cook. Let the man cook. No. no. <laughs> let him cook. I refuse. Get out the fucking kitchen. The more he cooks, the better other movies will look. I'll give him that. No, yeah, Avatar two. It, that that is impressive. That was a great looking movie. Anyways, Last of Us is the show. Yeah, I am. I am actually really looking forward to watching this. As much as I was kind of like, yeah, it's the Last of Us. Yeah, I might check it out. Like, I'm actually looking forward to this. So, yeah, it's the Last of Us. Yeah, you might check it out. I'm a I'm a come back to Maryland and I'm a box your knees. <laughs> Put some respect. Put some respect. All right. Well, yeah, I, I also enjoyed The Last of Us on HBO. It was a fantastic first episode, and uh, per my entire like diatribe long conversation with Marcus, it's like, uh, yeah, I think we're getting the entire first season. Uh, if we get a season two, I don't. Based on everything that Neil and Craig Mason have talked about. They have no interest in doing a Last of Us 1.5. So if they're jumping to season two of Last of Us, season two of Last of Us will be Last of Us Part Two. And I think I'm of the mindset that they're going to split Part Two into two seasons. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, without getting into the weeds, like because Avery and I did have like a long conversation in Discord about it. But after watching uh, the, the premiere episode, the pilot, they did what I was hoping that they would do. Mm-hmm. with this adaptation so mm-hmm. i'm fine with them moving at a clip as long as they're able to continue to do what they've been doing which is adapting it faithfully while still making it its own thing and adding little things here and there to further kind of flesh out the rest of the world in a way that they couldn't in the game so i think it's great uh, yeah i, I want to point out that the last of us uh part one is like a 10 hour game and let's be honest only 30 percent of that game is actual cutscenes. 70 percent of it yep. is just moving around and uh, yeah. exploring environments. So it's, it's, uh, I don't think there's going to be any rushing in regards to as they get to its finale. And brick no. chucking. Can't forget brick chucking. Yeah. <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> no, that's Deacon. You got the wrong game. 
<laughs> All right. Uh, that has been the game news for us and you. But before we jump into what we've been playing, we have a word from our sponsors. It's a weird thing to do while live. So, hey, guys, look, the sponsor is us. What it do? Hey there. Have you been enjoying this episode? You have? Great. Well, if you're listening to the podcast, then do us a favor and leave us a review on the podcast platform you're using. If you're watching this, then like the video, subscribe to our channel, and hit the bell so you won't miss out on any of our future videos. Check out pressx2start.com to find information about us, the podcast, links to all of our social media channels, and to join our Discord. Thanks so much. We appreciate your support. Now back to the podcast. All right. Now let's jump back into what we've been playing. Marcus. Yes. What have you been playing? Just more Overwatch 2, really. That's um they they had a new season, but it's still uh as Avery likes to say a lot, Overwatch 2 technically hasn't officially come out yet because the PVE isn't a thing. Um so it's really just more Overwatch. Um they had a kind of a a Greek or a Mount Olympus themed season. So, you know, you had um, a lot of Greek God themed skins. They had a game mode. I forget what it's called. Something of Mount Olympus. Where basically Battle of Olympus. Battle of Olympus. Yeah. Where you're uh, locked to, I think, eight different characters and each of them represent one of the gods. Lucio was Hermes. Um, I think Junker Queen was Zeus. There were some others. And basically, it's kind of like a free-for-all type thing. Uh, it's pretty cool. But at this point, Overwatch is Overwatch until PvE comes out. So yeah. you're kind of getting what, the what same What do you things. get like, if you win that mode? Is it just like a normal? Uh, I think it's just like skins. It's like Battle Pass oh. stuff. Yeah, it's Got nothing it. really specific it's nothing really special it's all at this point every everything that you gain in the game is just accoutrements and gotcha. aesthetic stuff like it's, it's really it's really just um I love though my main thing right now with the game <laughs> is the way that the grind works for uh ranking up in in comp is just not feasible it's it's just mm. it's not great like i understand why they shifted it uh to appeal to the way that they've changed the game from a $60 experience where everything is free to battle pass. But the whole, uh, you either rank up or go down from every seven wins or every 20 losses is not great. Cause nothing's balanced. So it's just, it's really frustrating. Wait, wait, so, wait. So you mean those, the way the rank system works is there's no RR or anything? It just tracks your wins? Your, how, wow. Yep. So basically, if you win seven games straight, yeah. you'll have a better chance of ranking up. But they track whenever you win. So, like, let's say I win two games in a row, then lose five games. They'll track the next time I win. And then... When I finally get to that seven wins, I guess it also factors in how many times in between each win that I lost as well, and then factors in, I guess, where I should rank. And I'm, I'm going to be real. Uh, I play, at least as a support, I play oh, on a gold level. God bless your heart. Yeah. Still playing support in Overwatch 2. 
and I am stuck in silver because of this bullshit. Yeah, that sucks. That sucks, man. I am willing to usher you into the next uh, plateau, Marcus. Just send me an invite. Is this Overwatch yes. you're talking about, or yeah, oh, yeah okay. Overwatch? <laughs> okay, but that's the only that is the only competitive game I'm playing that I can actually like try and and yeah. get somewhere in. You know, I, I'm yeah. better at Apex than I used to be, but hey, I'm not a I'm not Sean and Avery. <laughs> you know, you know, will help your uh, your skills at that, Marcus. What DMZ? What? Okay, I'm done. <laughs> uh, that's pretty much yeah, it for what um, we're playing right yeah, yeah that's it that's, it was just you my, my my dear friend it was just you all right well that has been it for the podcast we hope you enjoyed this live episode of press x to start gamers digest we hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we enjoyed making it don't forget to rate and reviews on your favorite podcasting apps because every little bit counts it helps keeps us strong it's like our food also remember to like and share and subscribe no i like like subscribe and share better do that do those three things in that order not the first order do it um you know of course we're on youtube that's what you're watching us on or you're listening in your ears hey so if you're listening to this in your ears remember we're on youtube you know what that's it you know what just just have a great day be safe. Play some games. You're so bad at improv. I also promise we'll start. <laughs> we'll also be streaming on the regular on Twitch in the beginning of February. Yes, he said it. You hear that? Just in Stream time for happen. Black History Month. Should Woo! we stream, or should I stream uh, the first hour for Spoken? That would be a cool thing. We'll, we'll, That's we'll got a black protagonist, all. so sure. <laughs> black it doesn't count if it's not in February, Marcus. Come on, keep up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Um, take care. Uno out. <laughs>